0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phoenix. Please welcome the man that COVID couldn't kill. It's Richard Herring. I'm indestructible. I'm 100% indestructible. I don't feel it. Let's see. Let's see how we I'll, I'm going to die soon. It'll all be fine. Welcome, my friends. Lovely to see you. Lovely to be doing a live one again after a few uh, remote ones. Welcome to Richard Herring's London's Shitting Traffic Podcast. Um, Not what you think. It's a new podcast about uh, the horse-drawn vehicles in the capital. <laughs> in those days It's been fun, hasn't it? Uh, people in my village have been very upset about uh, horses doing uh, shits on the pavement. <laughs> what happens when you live in the countryside just put on your garden apparently that's the that's the horse riders view anyway i uh, but uh, i was talking to the 1921 committee the other day they were formed one year before the 1922 committee and it's only one bloke in the nine twenty one committee, but he still thinks it's worth adhering to something that would happen hundred years ago. Uh, anyway, he calls it Ralastepa. So we'll see there. that catches on. Lovely to be here. The things we were meant to be here last week, uh, but we went remote instead because uh, I had uh, the COVID, the COVID, I had the COVID nineteen. Don't know if anyone had that. <laughs> I don't know it's, good. it's a good one. Uh, but so it's lovely to be live. We are doing lots more live shows coming up, uh, including the Leicester Comedy Festival and then back at the Leicester Square Theatre at the end of February. So do come along, uh, both people here and at home. Uh, tickets are available, richardherring.com slash gigs. Um, uh, I've been obsessed with it. This is going out in a, a few weeks from now, so it's hard to predict what, what anything except that Boris Johnson will still be the Prime Minister. <laughs> That's all I can predict. Uh, as we're talking, the news has just broken that he had his birthday party during lockdown. Well, it'll probably be all right, won't it? It's probably... He'll get away with it. Uh, so, uh, but I've, I've become a bit obsessed with Michael Fabricant, who uh, seems to be uh, seems to have taken over the Toby Young role in the Tory party. Uh, basically, the buffoon is prepared to go on TV and defend anything and everything that the Prime Minister is doing, regardless of common sense or facts however stupid it makes them. I don't know what they get out of. I don't know what Toby Young... He doesn't seem to have got anything out of it, but he used to be that guy. Uh, I prefer the more subtle comedy character of Toby Young, uh, puffed up and pompous beyond his abilities, but it was at least believable that that deluded character actually thought the things he was saying. Uh, for me, comedy has to... A uh, comedy character's better if it's just grounded more in reality. It's devalued, you know, if they stoop to putting in funny teeth or, or give them, I don't know, a ridiculous wig or something. <laughs> Toby Young was kind of that was a funny name it was like Toby's quite a funny name and Toby Young he wasn't young and so that was funny <laughs> it was quite the comedy writers came up with a good one there but whoever came up with Michael Fabricant uh, again too, it's too on the nose isn't it it's too much of a too much of a comedy name uh, they perhaps thought about calling Michael Fabricated but they thought no that's too that's too much on the nose so make it like fabric. Make it like a fabricated replicant who's taking the Michael. That could that could work. Uh, I mean, they didn't go for Michael Fabricant, which is why I think I'd have gone that way. But you can say it like that if you want to. So it, it can it can work out. Uh, I'll give the writers of something. It's a good parody uh, of the Tories to have someone stand there lying to us with his hair, uh, even without having to say a thing. He's just lying. The Tories can't even tell the truth with their own hair. That is, but they have the effrontery to stand there lying and not even attempting to make the lie seem believable. In fact, they seem insistent on bare lying and making the lie deliberately unbelievable. But no, if they double down uh, and they do it for long enough, they'll get away with it. And that is, that is the, uh, that's the Michael Fabricant. Michael Fabricant. Fab- it's like the Fabric cunt. It's like a Viz character. I like it. So anyway, I'm, I'm obsessed with him. If I was him, I'd just change You know, he can change it occasionally. I mean, if it's a different prime minister, he'll have a different wig. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. Anyway, I've done some, politi- done some biting political comedy there. Because I guess this week is uh, a very political man. Uh, he's probably best known for his role as Dr Kulkarni uh, in series four of Relativity, of Radio Force Reds. He hasn't gone out yet, but that is what he is. That's what he is... <laughs> Still is his most known role. That's probably what he gets stopped in the street about. Will you please welcome the amazing Ahisha, ladies and gentlemen. Here he comes. Oh, oh I managed to get up on the stool okay as well.
2: Hello, Richard. Hello, how are you doing? Hello. Uh, well, I'm doing very well, and uh, thank you for casting me in that uh, role, because <laughs> it's the closest that I've ever got to a medical degree. <laughs> and, uh, uh, many of my family were very thrilled.
0: Yeah. Uh, he'll pay. My, you will never guess what happens to my character in uh, the next series of Relativity. Uh, but uh, uh, here's the Doctor who diagnoses. Well, fa- actually, fails to diagnose yes. testicular cancer. Yeah, yeah. 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 So oh, I, I was about away. as
2: useful as I would be as an actual. medical <laughs> yeah. <professor>, yeah. <laughs> but There we go. Thank you for doing
0: that was it fun working with acting alongside me? It was extremely fun acting yeah. alongside you yeah. actually
2: you were you were incredibly professional thank you uh, <laughs> and everything and uh you had uh jet black hair and uh, <laughs> you had uh, just a succession of other lies yeah. uh, <laughs> it was very fun oh, well, it's good
0: well you ha- you have been on this show before as well uh, and uh we're going to try and not talk about any of the stuff we talked about before, but i can't remember well that was. <laughs> I wasn't going to listen to it again. Uh, yeah, this uh, this podcast's going out on the sixteenth of February. Yeah, okay, so which yeah. means that we
2: have to refer to our former Prime Minister <laughs> Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah.
0: We'll see. We'll see. Do you have a, Do you have any strong feelings about what's going to happen? Do you think it's? Do you think he's? It's over for well, him?
2: Well, I mean, I, I've been thinking that perhaps the party would just want him to hobble along until the May elections, and then he can get wiped out. Uh, and then the new leader doesn't have any of that right. uh, hanging around their necks. But equally, I'm like, you know, from, from a from a party well. political standpoint of someone who does not particularly like the Conservative Party, this is all delicious. For me, <laughs> from the perspective of someone who actually has to live in this country and would rather it had a functional government, <laughs> it's not ideal. Yeah, <laughs> not so good
0: but I I think why are labor trying to get him to resign do they do they secretly think if he can weather this that like in 2 years time people will still vote for him or do you think I I don't it seems like a liability now to see he stays but, there
2: but I think that you know it's been this sort of uh, media build-up that oh Johnson's Teflon, nothing sticks to him. and it's like, well, yes, if no one mentions any of the things that he does, sure, then <laughs> nothing's going to stick to him. Or like, uh, was it like, oh, he connects with the? He's had negative favorability ratings for his entire time uh, yeah. as prime minister, and arguably the only reason that he got elected in the first place was a get Brexit done, and b I'm not Jeremy Corbyn, uh, <laughs> right? And so now that we're in a situation where oh Brexit is done, and the leader of the Labour Party is no longer Jeremy. Corbyn how long can you keep uh batting that uh, uh banging that drum mm. and I what, think he's fucked mate I think he I think,
0: he's, I think he is fucked. <laughs> I think he's but fucked but if and I it's were...
2: so nice actually it's lovely
0: <laughs> well I'm glad to see him go down so to speak I don't want to see him go down um <laughs> but I've, I was Keir Starmer I'd be going no don't resign mate you're doing you're doing all right keep it up you're doing, <laughs> keep trying because you know that's Keir Starmer doesn't actually have to do anything which, you know, is lucky for him, because that seems to be his default position. Just sit and wait for them to make some, such a bad mistake that he gets in.
2: it will be quite like, I think that recent uh, PMQs have been the first ones during, I think, my lifetime I've watched and thought, that looks like a fun gig. <laughs> it's like, oh, who books PMQs? I want to get
0: on that. <laughs> and what do you make of my... What do you think, what do you think Michael Fabricant gets out... Be very careful with his name. Uh, gets out of going on TV and a lying to us back with his hair. And B, <laughs> do you know, what what is it? It's Toby Young did it and Michael Fabricand does it now. He's the guy they wheel out for everything just to go. Yeah, no, he's doing great, and it's everyone else. Yeah. And if you think about it, Muslims are a bit weird. So you know, it's, <laughs> uh, we're not we're not as Islamophobic here. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just true.
2: Well, I mean, like uh, that's weird. him saying that. <laughs> <laughs> for people at home who couldn't didn't see my characterization really I mean coming <laughs> coming as I do from an Indian Hindu background <laughs> it, Michael Fabricant would get on with a disappointing number of my family <laughs> but, uh, 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 <laughs> not because um, I but no, I I find Fabricant absolutely firstly on the subject of Toby Young yeah. I don't know, is is Toby Young a particular Sort of obsession of yours. Well,
0: I do, he was. I did a show with him uh, on TV in about 2004, where we rowed in a boat. We did an Oxford-Cambridge boat race, a uh, celebrity Oxford-Cambridge boat race, and I was in a boat with right. uh, Toby Young and uh, Jonathan Aitken was the cox. Right. So it was quite the way around because Toby Young's smaller than I am, and uh, John, Jonathan Aitken is about six foot six, so he was the cox, and we were all these tiny people rowing. Um, <laughs> Uh, so it was I, I, I liked uh, I liked Jonathan Aitken <laughs> I was surprised that I, I got on with is, Jonathan and Aitken and how, how old is Toby young uh, he's not young that's the no, thing no, he's, he must big. have been young once so you know but that's what don't give your kids no don't call your kids baby <laughs> baby small as, uh, human because they grow bigger uh, he is, I think, he's a little bit older than me. I would say. Right, so okay. But I'd was say, he contemporaneous with you? Because knowing no, by your so. age,
2: I assume Cameron and Johnson were both contemporaneous I with think, you. At I, I
0: think, I think, I think they were. there. I didn't know them. I knew, I knew of their. Oh,
2: I've seen you in the Buller photos. <laughs> I knew <laughs> their,
0: I knew of their sort of type. I remember Michael Gove. Michael Gove was president of the Oxford Union, and we did comedy in the Oxford Union. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing a picture of Michael Gove sitting in the committee photo wearing a kilt, and I thought he was a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) It turned turned out I was right. Turned out he was right. I don't know why, you know, it's all right to wear a kilt, but not if you, you Michael, go. (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: Just um, for people who aren't aware, uh, I find Toby Young abidingly fascinating (laughs) because his uh, father, Michael Young, wrote a book called The Rise of the Meritocracy, which is a very, very uh, good and interesting book. Uh, about the uh, 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 like the eventual dangers of approaching uh, uh, of putting meritocratic hierarchies uh, on society because it's like who defines merit and everything, and then uh, Toby Young just got let into Oxford semi <laughs> semi by accident, probably because his dad was like oh, I'd quite like it if Toby went. I uh, uh, was like, all right, that's how thin that principle was.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, his dad was very left wing, right, and he's mm. and he's not so left wing. Toby, so he's yeah. he's just the sort of I mean, but he made a living out. Of it. He wrote a book called that he wrote that book that became a film with Simon Pegg in it, which was about him going to New York as a journalist and mm-hmm. uh, how to how to get ahead and irritate people or something. It was called he was playing
2: around with that in
0: which he was an annoying
2: yeah. journalist. Was it, it? It was lose friends and alienate people, right. yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. it? Because yeah. there's the. Well, because I, I Lenny Bruce's autobiography is called How to Talk Dirty and Influence People. Right, and there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's How to Make Friends and Influence yeah. People is the, this famous 50s so they were both, book, yeah. yeah, They're both sort of parodying that, yeah. Uh, so, you know, he was sort
0: of a, a jokey figure. I, I sort of I didn't mind him uh, in a rowing boat. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed in the rowing boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I so the would one you thing say we did, that you we, were... me, and, me and Emma Kennedy were in it, were training for the marathon at the time, right? And part of the reason I did it was I thought this would be good training to get me fit. And we went for a run one lunchtime just to keep him with the running. And Toby said, oh, I'll come with you. And then we got about halfway and then we turned round to turn back again. And he just sprinted off, right? And so he was like, it was a race. And just disappeared and kind of went, what are you doing? Why? And that sort of sums him up, really, that he was just... Would you say that win.
2: you were most fond of Toby Young where there was an imminent threat of drowning? <laughs> yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs>
0: If if we went the back when I would have grabbed onto Toby Young to save myself. I suppose he's a good life
2: boy. Empty heads are buoyant. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know. I just it sort of seems like he the role he plays in the Tory government is to just go and defend the indefensible. But he hasn't mm. done it for a bit and now.
2: Yeah, no. Consider. With Fabricant, I think it's a, it's largely a case of no cabinet minister is willing to go out on the airwaves and debase themselves to the extent that they would need to in order to justify this fucking cancer on the British body politic. Uh, I don't like him. Uh, I just want to make that... I, I know that I'm pulling my punches here. Uh, but, um, and so it just gets left up to whoever is either stupid or heinous enough yep. to actually put themselves forward for that task. Uh, and that's how you end up with these utterly insane backbenchers uh, deciding to go out.
0: Do you think he thinks that we think it's his real hair? that's what i mean i don't really understand you know it's fine if you want to you know i understand i suppose wearing a wig to a a certain extent Mm -hmm. in that some people think being bald's a bad thing i don't think it is (laughs) just trying to look for some but there's there's a proper one um (laughs) would you ever consider wearing a wig to like my if i could get you michael fabricant's wig (laughs) Do you try it on? <laughs> I mean, it's just because it's sort of so obviously... I mean, some of them are uh, a little better than that. It feels like it's become his... You know, must know, because every time he tweets something on Twitter, people talk about it.
2: So you must know people have, have, have twigged. Um, Do you not think that this is one of those things where it's like it's gone so far one way... But now I'm a bit like, that's his head.
0: Yeah, I, well, I did, I, I, that was, I, did, I did wonder that today. I was wondering if, you know, like you start, if someone lies enough about something, you still go, mm. well, maybe it, maybe it is true. Maybe Dominic Cummings did drive on a country <laughs> road for 40 miles to test his eyesight with his family in the back <laughs> yeah. in case he couldn't drive, but he took his family with him just so it would be realistic if yeah. they crashed. He could assess what kind Who of damage. Who about that? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's so crazy. Maybe, and he was so insistent it was true. <laughs> so maybe that's it so i did start wondering whether it might be his ha- actual hair mm. and then in which case i feel sorry for him because it looks so <laughs> like a wig
2: i think so because i think that that's a thing with tr- like a lot of people think that trump's is a wig yeah uh but apparently it is and there are like you can see diagrams of how it actually works <laughs> yeah. uh, and like the various <laughs> folds that he has to do, but it's just it's actual very long hair uh to cover a ball back like uh, th- there was a Uh, A guy I used to uh, walk past in the street at university, I guess he was an old professor, who had almost, like, a similar thing. Like, he was entirely bald on the top, and everything else was extraordinarily long that he'd clearly artfully... And it was always quite entertaining to see him in a high wind. Um, (laughs) But I... uh, So that's what Trump's got. And maybe Fabricant's got... Like... The implausible and the impossible are different yeah, things, yeah. and I think that that's a very important. Thing Maybe to bear in it's
0: mind. his arse hair, and that's just why it's that weird <laughs> texture. And it's just combed up from the back. <laughs> so if, it, if it's his arse hair, it's, it's luxuriant. It is lovely. <laughs> should be, he should be proud of it. If you can only grow hair out. That's true because you get older. I mean, not for me because I'm you know I'm so virile. Uh, I've got a lovely head of hair, but most, but my ass has yeah, definitely yeah. got hairier. One of his balls are four of most <laughs> men's. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> but that's, you know, but the, we, you're offered, when you lose a testicle, you're offered a, a prosthetic testicle. Mm-hmm. And that's, the sort of, so that's even sort of more... I can understand, again, like, if you're young and you might be nervous about sexual encounters, but A, no-one's going to notice. No-one's looking at your balls, mate. No one's looking at your balls. No one ever looks at your balls. No one in a changing room is looking at your balls because <laughs> you're not meant to look at each other's genitals. But like you'd have to go, you'd have to look round the penis. And then, if you're looking at people, you're looking at their cocks, right? But you're not. But you know you can't do it because it's a changing room. So no one's looking at your balls. But it's so it's just for your. It's sort of a self-esteem thing for yourself, yeah. which I can understand. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it if you if you you're a monoball. No. I'm proud of having one. <laughs> It upsets me when people lie, I don't, I don't think so, because I think
2: that there are a variety of things that you could do. For example, I don't know if you've uh, given thought to what you want to happen to your body when you pass on. Yeah. Uh, well, what's example, left of it. What, they just keep it. cutting yeah. bits off. Yeah. <laughs> but, for example, yeah. you could have that ball uh, replaced by maybe something like hollow with a trinket in it yeah. or something that's got a higher melting point than the human body <laughs> right. and bone and everything. And then when your ashes are there, yeah. people like sift around in them. And it's like, oh, nice pendant. So and what, you're is saying the- I should treat my testicles like a kinder egg. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> a kinder egg with well. a lovely piece of jewellery. <laughs> yeah, and then
2: yeah. that's because, you know, you hear about uh, people using ashes to make artificial diamonds <laughs> yeah. and stuff, so why don't you just get one step ahead of proceedings and keep an actual diamond where your old, uh, no, old ball used to be?
0: Well, I was before all this happened. I, was, I do a podcast about clearing stones from a field and within that pocket, <laughs> You should listen to everyone. I don't know why you don't. <laughs> Within that, started discussing that I was wanted to become immortal by replacing all my body parts with stones, <laughs> uh, and so I just became a stone man who would, could carry on forever, just clearing stones, bit by bit. And then, and, you know, then life gave me the opportunity <laughs> to replace one of my stones with an actual stone, but they uh, they wouldn't do it. I brought <laughs> I brought one in. They said it was unhygienic. <laughs>
2: It's really uh, reminds me of um, when uh, when I was a teenager, my mother had a hysterectomy uh, and she, what's it wasn't like a, a, a dropped wound so I had to get the thing. And she, at one stage, just summoned me into the bathroom. It was like, I oh, here, come in here. And she's just like, pointing at her own womb, hanging out of her, being like, you used to live in here. All right, <laughs> like, oh, that's pretty full on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when she was, uh, amid all of the uh, very extraordinary things that she uh, said and did while on huge quantities of morphine after the surgery, uh, was she, she asked uh, the surgeon if she would be allowed to keep her womb in a jar of formaldehyde yeah. uh, at home afterwards, and the surgeon said, no, we don't do that. And uh, <laughs> then... From there ensued a real argument about the ownership of uh, yeah. body parts and everything. And to be fair, I see her point entirely. Yeah, I think well, that that should be offered on the NHS. So, this, this like is... in a in a in a happier world, you'd be able to go over to Wembley, visit my mum and dad, and you and mum could like toast with you, you've got your. Ball there, and she's got her womb in the other jar and everything. Right. Yeah. drinking the other hand, sure.
0: Like yeah, that. I was thinking you could make a glass and put yeah. body parts inside the glass. Uh, this is, well, this is exactly the bit of the book. I'm writing a book about it, and this is exactly the part I'm on now with, where, the, where I wanted to ask whether I could keep it. And it's the question that most people ask. And when she said, If you got any questions, I, I really wanted to ask whether I could have it back. And... But I felt the, the moment was too grave to. She she looked so upset. The woman told telling me I was going to lose a testicle. that I thought if my first question was, do I get to keep it? I thought she might be upset, so I just went, no, I haven't got any questions. But I wish I'd asked. But I think that is the, the answer. They don't really let you yeah, really yeah. keep it. Wish I'd still got it. Could interview. I could interview one? Can I? I've got I've got a I've got a puppet of my testicle mm. that I in another of my. I do a lot of different podcasts. I hate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, I talked to my testicle on the other podcast, so I don't...
2: It's really fascinating all of the shapes crises can take, isn't
0: it? <laughs> it, was very, it was a very useful... Everyone should have one. In fact, we found out the guy from... One of the guys from The Darkness, uh, Dan Hawkins, lost a, lost a testicle. And then at his, was it his wedding, the best man brought out a puppet of it and did a, did a routine with it. So great minds think of me and the bloke, not the main one from The Darkness. Yeah. Great minds think alike.
2: And like the darkness you said to the tumour, you're really growing on me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's, uh, before we just talk about the current news that will be out of date by the time the podcast comes out, let's talk about, you're currently on tour. Yes. So you did a show in uh, Soho Theatre last year and you are now... Taking it about taking all yeah. around. I saw Loughborough and Leicester coming up soon, mm-hmm. probably before the before this podcast. Before this goes. Airs, but uh, <laughs> places
2: like Edinburgh and Glasgow and Newcastle are definitely after this airs. So right, come so to good. those places,
0: uh, and you can check on your website for for dates. So what's the show's called? Dress? Yeah. Is it the a sort of Eddie Izzard moment coming out? <laughs> He's already done it. No, no, you no. no
2: I, th- I think I'd be a considerably less successful marathon runner yeah. as well. Uh, and. Uh, 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 Although, and I think that sort of bilingual comedy in French has more appeal than Gujarati in, uh, <laughs> in Britain, because at least, I like, I, I can't... With Gujarati, you can't hoover up all of the people who reckon they remember something from GCSE. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> you know. uh, it's uh also we don't uh we we don't end uh sentences in a pleasing way for punchlines no, okay. uh which is why, interestingly if you ever listen to uh indian comedians doing uh doing comedy in English, uh, sort of hindi in english and stuff, so, uh setups will very frequently be in Hindi, uh, and then the punchline will be in English because you can end on harder words uh, in English uh, than the way that sentence structure works in other countries. And th- I think that that's probably an interesting reason why uh, English has been more of a conducive language to comedy uh, historically, and why the English-speaking world is um, so even beyond uh, the sort of obvious uh, impacts of centuries of, you know. <laughs> 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 but in that case did
0: the, the audience have to get together in the interval and the the English people explain what the the punchline was <laughs> and the <laughs> Indian people explain what but the setup was It, it was really fun go, the... Oh, yeah that was a
2: good Towards the end of 2017 uh I uh, did a tour of a bunch of Indian cities with Lauren Patterson uh, a British comedian Yeah uh I think but uh, a lot of the Indian comedians who we were watching when we were out there were doing this sort of English thing, and so it was fascinating because Lauren was obviously getting every punchline and no setup <laughs> right. but, uh, and everything. So, but it was also fascinating that because she's a great comic, uh, she was sort of like able to work back from punchlines <laughs> quite frequently. I'd be like, "Oh, that's a cracking joke," and that's a really amazing thing of like just through just through the rhythm of it and the structure of it and the delivery of it, uh, she knew the joke, despite the fact that she couldn't uh, understand half of it uh, in its language. It was very, very cool. That's
0: good, yeah. So what's your new stand-up show about?
2: Yes, so Dress was basically just a chronicle of everything that's happened from the point where we were told that we weren't allowed to do stand-up anymore uh, to this point, uh, right? And uh, wanting to do a show about the sort of time that we've had where, you know, as a stand-up, you normally go and you collect experiences and report back on your experiences. Unfortunately, recently, we all just had the same experience, (laughs) uh, which makes that relatively difficult. But I thought, uh, what are uh, things in the way that uh, my life went, but the way that I see the way that politics has reacted and society has reacted, uh, that might be sort of interesting uh, to discuss about it? And, of course, like... It's been interesting even over these last few months because uh, when I started even first performing this show back towards the tail end of last year, my position was gosh, we have all been through this, but all is a really important word uh, in that. Uh, Right? And like whoever you are, like, you know, we all saw the photo of the Queen at Prince Philip's funeral. It doesn't matter if you're the queen or anyone, it's we've, we've all done <laughs> <laughs> this thing. And now I feel like a bit of a fucking mug, to be honest with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm
0: still glad. Uh, the, the cabinet no. came to the show and there was not a laugh. Again. I, was, I don't identify <laughs> with any of this. <laughs>
2: no.
0: So yeah, how, was, how do audiences react? Because that's the sort of... The question is when you... When you we've all been through COVID... Do that. That was the sort of the thing. Would, would would people want to hear jokes about it, or is it mm. is it a way of dealing with last week's guest, which you don't know people here in the audience, but people at home do know, was uh, David Cross, mm. uh, who I did uh, yeah, who I talked to online from America, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, his his new special is is quite a lot of it's about COVID, mm. uh, and, and and I and I sort of think maybe it you know I I, I talked to him about the fact that he after nine eleven. Comedians had to work out whether they were going to do jokes about nine eleven or not, yeah. and that actually it was helpful to people on the whole to do jokes about nine eleven. And I wonder if the COVID is the same, or whether people are just so fed up of
2: it that they want to. I don't like it. It really, I think, dep- as with absolutely anything, sub- like I don't think that there's any subject that shouldn't be a subject for comedy or no. what have you. But I just think that there are subjects that are obviously easier or more difficult, and it depends on how you're going to address them yeah. uh, uh, and what you're going to do with them. Uh, right, so certainly, like, no, do I think that anyone's interested in hearing jokes about the fact that at some point about two years ago it was briefly difficult to get toilet paper owing to certain supply chain constraints uh, and whatnot? It's like it no, the work for that... them. <laughs> those, uh, those two, loved,
0: those two loved it.
2: Remember that? Remember it? <laughs> do
0: you remember COVID? It was good, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, like, oh, I, don't, like What's I don't that all find... about? <laughs> Whose idea was that? <laughs> Uh, so like while that's not particularly interesting uh, I think for example the fact that in a way that we still properly don't acknowledge the fact that for most living people this is uh, in a society like ours this is the largest collective psychological trauma that we've been through uh, and it's like what, are we are we just supposed to go oh that was weird pub <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and, like I, I know full well that you know Many people would rather that was how uh, everyone reacted so that it would feel less odd that uh, when you were standing alone, looking at your ceiling, uh, the prime minister was doing what the prime minister was doing. Yeah. Sorry, former prime minister was doing uh, what the former prime minister was doing. Uh, and the current prime minister was looking out of his window next door <laughs> thinking, holy shit, I'm going to get a job soon. Uh, LAUGHTER but yeah, so I think, I think it is uh, interesting on that front. That, and just the fact that there, there were all of these things that we thought about when we were so pent up. And it's like the, the way that I thought about it, it was like every day was like a dress rehearsal for what life actually would feel like if I were doing it, but I wasn't doing the real thing sure. uh, at any stage. And now it's actually possible to be here as we are now, doing life yeah. uh, again. And that's a thing that, sure, I don't want to dwell on for huge amounts of time either professionally or in my own life uh personally but i think that at this particular juncture is a really interesting thing to reflect on yeah yeah
0: and well i think it's it, it sort because of, of what it, funnily enough with relativity i had to decide whether i was gonna address covid or not and uh, and i thought actually it was so it was so useful in terms of you know the fra- everything was sort of about fracturing in that series so the, the, the everyone being kept apart Mm. Was was really useful and to explain <clears throat> to explain what you know the time had passed and we'd been through COVID, but it was sort of like will the, when this goes out next year <laughs> in June or something yeah, <laughs> in yeah. twenty twenty this year now it, it, will will this in still, two or three will, variants will this, time, yeah right. well this still we might be back or we say, you know it was, it was a it was a difficult choice to do it but I thought I thought kind of it, it worked well but obviously and lots of lots of dramas will try and cover it yeah. and and comedians will but most comedians are sort of doing the shows they were doing. And certainly the moment where they they were touring and then it stopped and now they're trying to pick up the tour and carry on from where they were. Yeah, for sure.
2: And that's like, that's totally understandable. So I did a similar thing where uh, when I filmed my last show, it was supposed to be filmed on the 31st of March, 2020. Obviously that didn't happen. uh, And it was filmed instead on June the 6th, 2021. And I didn't suddenly sort of tear everything up and be like, and now I will be doing a COVID show (laughs) uh, for this. That was uh, sort of, yeah, but I mean, usefully, from my perspective, that show was entirely about uncertainty. So it yeah, uh, <laughs> sort of did end up gelling quite well with the world as it existed at the time.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
0: Well, one thing that probably people didn't all experience, which happened to you possibly during COVID times and lockdown, was that you got scurvy.
2: Is that true? That was actually just before was uh, it? <laughs> it was the was COVID it? period. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> listen, it turns out <laughs> yeah. that if for a period of, let's call it, about two months, very little passes your lips that is not gin or crisps, <laughs> you can yourself begin to exhibit the telltale signs <laughs> of scurvy, Despite the fact that you are not, and I cannot stress this enough, never have been an 18th century naval explorer. (laughs) And I would have been fine if I put lime in the gin. (laughs) That's that's what hurts the most, I think. Did you self-diagnose scurvy, but you're pretty sure it was scurvy? Well, I mean, if you have all of the symptoms of scurvy and they go away after you drink a cup of Tropicana... (laughs) It's like, look, I'm not a doctor. I just look and sound like I'd be an excellent one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> That's
1: pretty impressive. Yeah.
0: And, uh, well, look, because the other day I got into... And I, when I had COVID, I tweeted something like, oh, yeah, th- thanks to that guy who fucked that bat. OK, you know, just that joke. Mm, mm. Well done for that. Uh, and someone said, "No, in light of the fact that the coronavirus was probably a leak from a lab, I don't think... Why don't you do a joke addressing that? And I said... Because that isn't as funny as I don't think I don't think a bloke really fucked yeah, about, so so he's, somewhat... it's a bat, so it's a joke.
2: Well, hold on, Richard. I just I just want to I just want to stop here, and I know that this is going to interrupt the flow of the podcast. But are you suggesting that someone was behaving like a pointless jobs worth? <laughs> <show you? laughs> and just sort of ruining yeah. people's fun. Yeah, well, but... you
0: know, and, tr- and arguing with a joke. Yeah, you know, yeah, arguing yeah. with a joke and no, saying. No, this doesn't seem. It would be nice if it would be nice if you covered that in your comedy. So then yeah. I did. I started adding that to when I did that. joke. <laughs> or or fucked a pangolin or something. It was meant to be a pangolin. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a It was a pangolin. Okay, it was a joke. It worked better as a joke. But you do, do you do a bit about the conspiracy theories or the the origins? Of... I
2: do. Well, I do, well, we'll never know. You know, we'll, okay. never, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know, know how it, it started. Look, it it started. It started in the Huanan seafood market in the yeah. city of Wuhan in the Hubei province of China. And at this point, two years ago, out of those things I'd heard of China. Uh, <laughs> I, Huanan wasn't even in my top five seafood markets at the time, uh, right? I'm a Londoner, Billingsgate, right? But, uh, you know, that's, that's where it started. It, uh, it started at the Huanan Seafood Market in the city of Wuhan in the Hubei province of China. And uh, for those listeners who are less familiar than I am with the city of Wuhan and its internal geography, uh, the Huanan Seafood Market is a very short drive from the virus factory, uh, which we've just decided not to talk about because it's quite awkward. Yeah. Uh, and everything, I find I find it absolutely fascinating to talk about. Yeah, well, talk, I mean, I mean, but it's only that's the
0: only reason. There's no evidence aside, aside from the fact that there is a, a laboratory that makes coronaviruses
2: nearby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are other ones. that... Yeah, don't, no. Listen, but... we're going to have to wait for the findings of Sue Gray's reports on the, <laughs> 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 what actually happened. Uh, it, to, to be honest, we will actually never know, and that's what yeah. really frightens me about the nature of totalitarian and authoritarian regimes, right? Because uh, anything is just uh, inevitably regardless of what... Is that China or here you're talking about now, though? <laughs> <laughs> China, mercifully, uh, not quite as bad here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, like, personally, I, you know, I hope that it was a natural origin in the seafood market because I'm a huge fan of coincidences, and you'd have to admit that would be the best coincidence in human history. right? Because could you imagine being someone who works at the Wuhan Institute of Virology turning up to work on a Monday morning and just being like, lads, here what up to the fish market over the weekend? <laughs> what? <Woo! laughs> oh, we have been operating under lax biosecurity procedures for quite some time, but yeah, turns out it was the poor guy with the Dover soul over there, you know? Anyway, uh, to celebrate the fact that we had nothing to do with it, should we spend the rest of the week deleting emails for no reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's
0: great fun, but we'll never know. We'll never know. No, someone,
2: someone, someone will say in the end all these
0: conspiracy theories. Someone will come out in the end and say it. that's why you know most of the conspiracies aren't theories aren't true because someone eventually someone say I helped get the Paul McCartney bloke to yeah. come in and be in the Beatles. <laughs> I, I could probably make some money out of admitting that now, mm. it's long enough ago that you know Paul McCart- the new Paul McCartney's done well. <laughs> we don't need he's done he's written probably better stuff than the first one <laughs> it's, it's, he won't mind if I was Paul McCartney I, I would I'd, I'd just say it have, It was true anyway um, so we I, we might find out we might find out what the truth of it is but is it I mean it's better that it comes from I think it's better that it comes from a laboratory than it than it's occurred naturally because if it occurs naturally it could occur naturally again yeah. Whereas if it's come from a laboratory, they'll probably tighten up procedures a bit from now on.
2: Well, isn't the point that, like, natural occurrence of this sort of thing occurs all the time? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, there was that um, lad uh, named after a duck uh, who got bird flu. The guy who lives with ducks. Um, Here. In this country.
0: M- Mallards... <laughs>
2: No, no, no. It's like the guy. It was called Mr. Gosling, and no, he lived maybe. with twenty ducks, <laughs> okay. and he got bird flu. <laughs> it's happened like a couple of weeks ago. Okay, Mr. Nice but one. it's just that human, human to human transmission is very rare. Whereas, like yeah. getting sick from animals, if you work on a farm, is something that happens all the time. Sure. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, there'll be we... more.
0: It's gonna. We're just gonna be pandemics here till yeah, the, end, yeah. at the end of civilization.
2: Well, if we are going to insist on sort of factory farming and yeah. feeding animals loads of antibiotics all the time, then yeah.
0: Hmm. Do you think it's the planet Earth fighting back sure. against? The biggest virus <laughs> <laughs> could be. Uh, it's interesting to talk about it, and I think you. Sort of, well, I read in, in a newspaper you're saying that like the, the reason people resist the the laboratory explanation is because Donald Trump said it, and it sort of feels wrong to a- agree with yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's possible, but you know, we sort of it probably is one of those things that I don't know. If I did, just imagine being whoever it was who started it, if they if they didn't die from it, if the bloke fucking the bat took off the bat off his cock, <laughs> said, said sorry, you're you're pretty much dead now. Um, so it was one, it was a beautiful moment. If you if you were the person that you, if you survived, Hey, you'd be guilty at the bat, but you'd be you'd feel, you'd feel pretty guilty, wouldn't you? you you'd, you'd su- go, oh, blimey, yeah, that yeah. was. No, I did. You fuck one bat. Um So I hope he I hope he I hope he knows. Um so if people want to find out about the uh, the tour dress, mm. go to uh,
2: Ahirshah.com.
0: Yeah, good. Got the dot com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice work. I was thinking that uh, is is Ahir Shah that must be quite a common name. The uh Shah is an yeah. extremely common name. But Ahir, Ahir are... is not. No,
2: okay. No. Uh very, very few of the very few of the Ahirs, but uh extra ten a penny. You can't you can't Swing a cat in Leicester for hitting a sharp. OK, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> I was saying to you, because we, you were going to Loughborough, and I used to live in Loughborough, and my best friend at Loughborough was at school when I was eight years old, When I, then we had to leave, uh, was called Satish Patel. And that, and I've looked, I've tried to find him on Google, and it's been very difficult to find him. Uh, but, you know, he must feel the same. There's a lot of Richard Herring, so he probably, you know, he's probably struggling to <laughs> yeah, find... Yeah. He's pretty desperate to find me as well and rekindle our friendship. And none of them are particularly well-known. No. So, so. <laughs> there's a guy at the Wharton University in America called Richard Heng. Maybe Satish Patel's got in touch with him. Richard Herring in America's gone, yeah, I can string this guy along. I could can, I can get a friend. He was a nice guy. Satish, he was good. If you're listening, Satish, I miss
2: you. I miss you. If you're listening, Satish, yeah. I can think of nothing more satisfying than you to appear in public arm-in-arm arm with Stuart Lee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. We yes, did, we, did, we did do a few um, back in the last couple of appearances, so hopefully we won't double up. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, go random. Um, that's no good for you. Have you ever walked around a hotel room in your pants drinking miniatures from the minibar and pretending you're a drunk, partially naked giant?
2: Without the giant part, sure. <laughs> I, I feel as though that's uh, almost certainly yeah. no, how... Uh, maybe I should do that. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that on this tour.
0: Yeah, how, what kind of establishments are you staying... Do they have minibars in the kind of hotels you're staying in or are you sort of going travelodge, no. Inn?
2: Well, I, d- I don't know yet, because I've not been to any okay. of them yet. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting thing for me to find out. Uh, I, th- I think, look, it- it'll be bleak. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, but what, a, what a nice thing to be able to take a photograph of myself in the mirror of a hotel room Drinking a miniature bottle of Gordon's or something <laughs> uh, in my boxers and send it to a colleague, i.e., you, <laughs> and have it be entirely professionally appropriate. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that
0: true. It's interesting about where, you know, I think like when we first toured, and nobody came to see Lee and Herring when we first toured, and we stayed in quite posh hotels. And so most of the budget went on the, you know, three or four rooms for us to stay in, like the, an expensive hotel, mm. which would have a minibar. And now when I tour I tried to stay in the absolute cheapest place I could stay in which isn't like I mean I've stayed I, I've mentioned this a lot but when I was in Swansea I stayed in a hotel where the toilet was in the room. It was in like a an alcove. <laughs> yeah yeah. Which hotel was it in Swansea? I can't remember but it was I mean it was cheap it was a cheap hotel but I didn't stay in the, I didn't stay in that hotel. Cuz I
2: swear like last time I was in tour in Swansea I stayed in the most expensive room of the most expensive hotel in Swansea and it was like 80 quid. Right. Well, that
0: would get that. I'm surprised you didn't own the hotel after that. Yes. Walk, where are you going, sir? This is your home. You live here. You've bought every single room. In it was 20 quid, my one. So, you know, I think for 80, you get oh, a toilet boy. in a
2: different room or at least just a curtain to pull in front of. <laughs> around you. I, I, had a, I had a bath in the, my room, you know, a bathtub yeah. in the room for, for about 80 quid. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realise I was being such a little princely.
0: <laughs> well, a bath in the room is kind of a romantic, not even your own so much, but you, yeah. you can have a wank. I you genuinely... No.
2: You genuinely, I, genuinely I, d- a... I didn't have a wank, but <laughs> I was I was in that bath alone reading Lady Chatterley's Lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's story. quite a nice <laughs> thing. But it's not a
0: toilet, it's not the same dish. It's not you go, well, let's no. go for a romantic... <laughs> Weekend away. Oh, there's the toilet in the middle of the room. I'd, I'd need a shit before we have sex. Yeah, sorry. Just try not to, I hope this doesn't put you off. Could be that, you know, for certain people. Could make... Andy
2: McAcheon, I could make the...
0: Could
2: it? Uh, my, my friend's parents were looking to... When they were sort of downsizing after kids were away and retirement and whatnot, and were looking at a couple of flats uh, in London. And they saw one flat that they did eventually buy. Uh, but they were, uh, were put onto another one by their uh, estate agent. And the estate, uh, and they were like, no, this is ridiculous. Something's wrong. This is much more square footage or whatever you, that we're looking at. Like, this is going to be... It's like, no, no, come, come along to the flat. Come along to the flat. Because it was right around the corner from where they got um, and that was a flat like that was for a flat designed for odd sex people. Right. <laughs> uh, and that was so we're talking like jacuzzi in the middle of the bedroom uh, and yeah all the swings and shit like bathrooms all over the place.
0: <laughs> they could take the swings down, couldn't they? When yeah. people were looking round. <laughs> I suppose it's a salad for the right person. There's nothing odd about unusual sexual choices. Right here. <laughs> I'm woke,
2: unlike this guy, I'm woke. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sorry for kink shaming you <laughs> for having a toilet in the middle of your bedroom.
0: <laughs> That's wrong. Anything involving shit or we is wrong. And if you do that, you're disgusting. But, the, uh, but everything else, you're allowed to do anything else in the wonderful world of sex. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, if you want to do it, I don't fancy that. <laughs> Don't fancy that. I don't i I find it difficult weeing, like, standing next to another <laughs> person. So if I I, mean, I don't want to be weed on, but I would find it very difficult to wee on someone. Because I just... I, I, you know, do you have that shy bladder? you be shy. Wee on me, but I can't. I'm embarrassed.
2: <laughs> An ex-girlfriend once told me of a couple that she knew yeah. who... Like that was their thing, mm-hmm. weighing on each other and whatnot. nothing, absolutely, uh, nothing and everything, with... which to each their own. That's the thing mm-hmm. that they were. But um, then I just, they split up, uh, and I was like really weirdly affected by the breakup <laughs> of two people, because I'm like that must be hard to find. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I like, mean, if you need that, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I guess you know you can take. So it's like you try taste... and
2: make it work more than yeah
0: you would if. I just towards the end of the relationship I would just be collecting some of the wee as it dripped off me into a beaker, into a <laughs> <laughs> and then you could say to your next pint could you just pour could you just pour that on my face <laughs> <laughs> make sure you catch it I'll, I'll lie in a drip tray <laughs> so, so we can unless you want to do it no I don't want to do it okay do you mind pouring my ex-lover's urine over me it's
2: like, like a recycling like in Dune <laughs>
0: yeah they have to do it in space, that's what they have to do. If they want to have sex, urine sex games in space, they have to recycle their urine. They can't. Oh Too far? So there's a lot. There's, I think there's a high proportion of people in this audience who like being weed on, because they've gone very quiet and they've gone very upset. It's all fine. Whatever you want to do is fine. As long as everyone's happy with it. Got I'm wearing protective glasses of some kind. Put me off
2: my tea. That's why there was a shortage of PPE. It was all your audience (laughs) hogging. Okay, I'll
0: ask ask you something safer, which we can't get into uh, uh, any trouble with.
2: Do sperm have dreams? (laughs) What do you reckon? Do sperm have dreams? Well, the thing is, so I uh, have given up... uh, so, So I gave up smoking a while ago and I was on the vape for a long time. Yeah. Uh, And then in mid-December, I stopped that. uh, I promise this is going somewhere. (laughs) I promise this is going somewhere. Um, But so, uh, for the last few weeks, I've been having a nicotine patch on my arm. Yeah. uh, And it turns out that if you fall asleep with your nicotine patch still on you, your dreams are like a thousand times more intense than your dreams are normally. So, I would say... Under normal circumstances, no, sperm don't have dreams. But currently, when I forget to take my nicotine patch off (laughs) of an evening, my sperm have dreams.
0: There must be something driving the sperm onwards, right? They're living entities of some kind, and they have this... I mean, they have a dream in the the Martin Luther King sense. (laughs) And their dream is to impregnate an egg, right? That is what they... They don't even know it, but that's what they're driven... I have a dream that out of this 600 million sperm, it'll be me. I'll be the one.
2: So it's less chance than winning the lottery. I think Dr. King's dream was slightly less individualistic. (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's like they had a dream in the Martin Luther King sense of
0: only me. It's the
2: the opposite way around.
0: I have a dream that I'll be the best one and everyone else will die.
2: I think that that was the dream that he was very much fighting against. Yeah, was, that was the nightmare that he was aware of. But, you know, for sperm... I
0: mean, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot because of my book. Mm. The testicles are an amazing thing. Even one of them is amazing on its own. But, <laughs> you know, given how... I mean, I've got two, not to brag. Given how many... It's fine, I can deal with it. Uh, given how many sperm we create in our lives and how few children... Even Alexander the Great maybe had a thousand children. But, you know, he still produced... 600 million sperm every time you ejaculate. So it's, it's like half a, half a bath full of sperm in your life. It's a disappointing amount, isn't it? That's really... In your life, you'll produce half a bath full of sperm. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what size the bath is. that <laughs> uh, not I guess it's a standard, but if you and a friend yeah, could fit yeah, yeah. in a lot, in your lifetime, if you got together, so could fill a bath with a sperm. It,
2: so, what you're saying is that it could half fill a bath in a Swansea hotel room or overfill a toilet in a Swansea <laughs> yeah, hotel room? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah <it> probably would, <laughs> probably seep over the top of the <laughs> toilet.
2: So, you know, given that, there's a
0: lot of wastage going on there, isn't there? Mm, so, there's mm. a lot that So, the ones that get there and succeed out of all the sperm just you've created, that you one creates. Yeah. The one that makes it is an incredible story. And then they become a sentient... With the help of an egg, they become a, a yeah. sentient human being. Well,
2: When you think about it, every human being a tremendous disappointment, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Given the odds and everything that <laughs> yeah. they're stacked against. <laughs>
0: the amazing odds of being here, and then this is you, and then what do you do with your time? And then, yeah. bang, it's gone.
2: Like, this afternoon I was too tired to nap. <laughs> <laughs> As, and my dad shot over half a billion goats. Yeah. <laughs> like, just that one time. Imagine how crap the other
0: ones were, though, if you were the supreme one. But, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of them don't even get... A lot of them might be a fantastic one, and then they get out and, oh, you know, I'm in a handkerchief. I'm over... I'm on someone's bottom. <laughs> Wonder if I can get my way round. Maybe
2: that's why, because you know, like sometimes after a wank, you will feel more sad than one normally would after a wank, and maybe that's when you know that you've lost a particularly good. (laughs) Like that was, there was some really like high quality progeny (laughs) in that one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and you think about it, each of those sperm could potentially breed with any of the available eggs in the planet at that time. So the number of potential human lives you're destroying every time you have a wank is, like, infinitesimal, almost.
2: Yeah. It's a huge... Nightmare. The Nobel Prize is lost. Yeah. Well. It's a boy, isn't it? I don't think that... I mean... I don't have children yet, I know that you have children and I don't want to speak to their futures, but I don't think that you or I will have children who win Nobel Prizes, given that we are currently on a stage in Oxford (laughs) Circus talking about cum. I don't know what the parents of the science people (laughs) do, but it's probably not that.
0: But maybe by doing this, we'll drive our children into something more honourable and noble. (laughs) We don't want to end up like them. Quick, work hard at school. (laughs) Let's work out physics. Um, Okay, we'll do one more.
2: Richard, between the two of us, we have degrees from Oxford and Cambridge. Working hard at school does fuck all. (laughs)
0: That's true. That's true. Don't become like us. Um, Let's see. I'll I'll ask you this, then. Uh, Do you remember the first time that a childhood enthusiasm was crushed and broken. <laughs> it's a dispiriting time. My son's actually going through this now, I think. I think he's sort of like... Mm. You know, he's about... He's four and, a half, well, four and a bit. And it's the time when you sort of start to realise... Like, he was upset today cause of school because someone had not liked the game he wanted to play and someone had said it was a stupid game. And that's... You know, it doesn't... Yeah. It, 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 if you have four or five years... Sometimes a bit longer. The one I remember is like going to my first disco when I was about nine and really enjoying dancing and then my friend saying, you were really shit at dance. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, he was right, but was, I mean, I'd mean, i really enjoyed it yeah. and then been made to feel like going, oh, I, would ne- I'll ne- I will never dance again and I never have. <laughs> and I could have, been, I could have been a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> have they
2: asked you on Strictly? <laughs> they
0: ha- uh, no, they haven't. I don't think I would do... Strictly.
2: You don't? I don't think I would do Strictly. Oh. Okay, well. will. <laughs> yeah. You My uh, mum and dad would hold be Hold on. Y- you guys don't know how to manipulate him yet.
0: I've heard doing Strictly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey... If Stuart does it, I'll dance with Stuart. Like, that's how. That's that's how Stuart. That's how sure I am that he will not. If he ever does, strictly come dancing. Yeah.
2: No. The, the first time that a child, like, well, I don't know. I suppose you have a certain conception of the world uh, when you're. Tra- I, I suppose that when I found out racism was a thing that existed okay. in the world, that yeah. uh, that sort of really uh, does a bit of a one eighty on your uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, on some of your preconceptions of yeah. how everything was going to work when you were little. Uh, so yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Not as good as my dancing
0: one. <laughs> 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 so what well, was so, There's uh, there's other stuff I want to talk to you about. Um I, I heard a little dicky bird backstage, told it was you, told yeah. me <laughs> that you've just got engaged. Yes, I have, that's very Congratulations. true. Congratulations. Thank you. I used yeah. It's good. good to see young love, isn't it? Hopeful young love. <laughs> do you think it's too early for you or do you think it's a good idea? <laughs> I, I got I got engaged when I was uh, forty Five, I think. Right, okay. maybe for no, I know it's just before I got married, so I was forty. <laughs> we got, I got. It was very close to when we when we got married because I think my wife just thought we have to get on with this before he, before he changes his mind or before I change my mind. Probably she thought. Um, yeah, so I was in my I was in my mid to late forties when I. Uh, yeah, it's ten years now. I, I was in my mid forties. It's ten years this year. We got married. You, yeah. So, so yeah.
2: I mean, technically, if you want to think of it in a way, like technically, you were in your extremely late twenties. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Te- it was. I was at this time ten years ago. I was engaged.
0: No. Oh. Yeah. What, and that and now I look back and go, why did I get married? I could have escaped.
2: This is, what I'm, this is just what I'm saying. Uh, just so letting you know, there's still a chance to get out. of it. <laughs> No, and pass off the opportunity to be doing this ten years from now. Richard.
0: <laughs> I'm still, I'm, I'm still very happy. I don't, I can't speak for my wife because she won't talk to me anymore. But the, uh, i, I'm, I so I'm.
2: So I, I'm I was just, 30. So I was yep. uh, two thirds of your age yep. uh, when when you went for it. Yeah. Uh, and everything. But how how long were you engaged for then? You say it was very. Not very
0: long. So we got engaged, I think, in sort of December. We got married in, um,
2: I want to say April. Uh, I should work time. that out
0: because there's a 10th anniversary coming up. <laughs> I think it might be April the 7th. I think that might be when it yeah. is. I can't remember my kid's I mean... birthday. I, can't, I get, keep on getting my wife's birthday wrong on a COVID form. I keep on thinking it's the. It's easy to remember because it's not. She's born in October 1980. <laughs> And I keep saying 2010, 18, it's 21. You know, it's easy to remember it's not all the noughts. But I keep on putting, I put 20 down on one of her COVID forms when I was filling it in for her. And then we just had to keep on lying about her. <laughs> when, when, they wouldn't let, when we filled in the next one, they wouldn't let go. There is a mistake. This is, doesn't match up. So I had to keep on lying about her age by one day. Um, but, uh, and when we got married, they ask you, they take you, they make you go into a room to ask questions about each other and answer questions about, do you ever check you're not just trying to, you know, cheat the system. Oh,
2: what are the questions that you get asked? I should probably what, prep on this. What,
0: what is their birth, their date of birth? <laughs> right. I <Okay>. got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that proves it's real, yeah. right? Because if you had been... That's one of the things. If you were trying to lie lie about it, yeah. you would really have swatted up on that. Well, so the I fact mean, you get it wrong proves you, you're usually, real. I mean, it's real. Well.
2: Emma's birthday is the day after my father's. Okay. Uh, Not also in 1950. uh, (laughs) So I don't think I'll forget that one. Okay. That's that's good. Okay. I stand in good stead.
0: Okay. So you'll get that one. Um, That was about it. (laughs) They weren't very rigorous about it. Um, But you know, there's you know, still young man. There's a lot of there's a lot of people out there these days. It's not even you know you you can get married to anyone now get married to furniture now if you want that's where, that's the way that they said that would happen didn't they and it did
2: get married you can marry your dog now yeah unfortunately through, through a sequence of bizarre events i now have to marry jeremy irons
0: No, it's very good news it's very it's the best thing that ever happened to me but i waited you know i waited because i wanted to test every single potential partner first before oh, um, my fiancé f- sends her regards, <laughs> by <the way. laughs> I'm just trying to work out if logistically that would be legal. She would have been uh, 20, about, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, that, so my wife was the winner, so that's, you know, I just don't think it's fair. <laughs> I don't think it's really romantic. My mum and dad with, met when they were 14 mm. and have been together ever since, and they're now eight in the mid-80s, so they've been together for 70 years, but have never even been out with anyone else, though my mum... Told me she used to play. A, they used to play a game. I've put this in relativity. Then we took it out. Uh, they used to play a game called. a uh, Couple of them. There was one called Winky. They used to play <laughs> <laughs> like a group of kids in a church, hall in uh, in Middlesbrough. Uh, they would they would be in a circle, and then there'd be one spare gut boy who would walk around, and then a girl would wink at him, or he'd wink at the girl, and then he'd start snogging that girl, and then they'd have to go. So they, should, they were quite. They were doing all this these snogging games that were quite racy as teenagers <laughs> so they've said they were the only people they've ever been with but they've they, you know, they've they've snogged a few yeah, people. yeah yeah Keith and apparently like swinging events Yeah, swing, swinging in a church um but yeah so 70 but is it romantic to be with the first person you ever like a miranda in the tempest mm. i don't know person?
2: well i guess uh, that's it's true for my parents as well yeah. but they've uh, only been with one another uh, yeah. and uh, so yeah it, in a way like that sort of I don't, it, it kind of ruins that whole thing for you, right? Because you're like, "Oh, that's what happened." <laughs> that you just uh, you meet someone and you're like, "Oh, and we will be married forever." And then that obviously yeah. isn't the way that life works out for the vast majority of people. Uh, and so you're sort of like, "Oh, well, that was, was yes." Yeah, so I think I, that, I, I was sold a bit of a pup. but by, I genuinely
0: uh, think that I gen- I genuinely thought I'd marry my first girlfriend. And so when I didn't, I kind of felt like because my parents are such a good example. I sort of felt like I'd failed. Mm. And then had to sleep with everybody and that must have been awful for you it was it was bad yeah it was you know it was not not a good way to go, but at least you know i've got my memories uh, so <laughs> at least I can look back um but yeah, so it's good it's good it's good that love still prospers and
2: yeah very much so well the, uh the, so um Emma and I had not known one another uh very long at all uh before it was just like. Oh, well, I, th- I think that probably we're just going to be together forever, so let's just get married uh, mm-hmm. and everything. And so it all it all happened extremely suddenly. You know, about... they all start like that. Uh, that. Uh, yeah. Every
0: relationship starts like that. No. Uh, <laughs> and then and, uh, about a third of them doesn't work. No, no, I, I, I'm fully I, uh,
2: weirdly, uh, So in uh, Hinduism, you can get an uh, uh, astrological chart done yeah. uh, based on the specific time and place that you were born, and the stars will sort of indicate your... Uh, future. So, if astrology is to, believe that, uh, to be believed, then Emma will be the first of several wives. Okay. But uh, <laughs> uh, 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 but uh, she, she does not approve of that interpretation of astrology. Okay, that's, that's... Um, but uh, yes, and so Emma was telling uh, so a couple of her housemates are sort of together uh, and have been for many years uh, now. And so she told them and Chris and Courtney. And she told Courtney that this had happened. And Courtney said, like, this is amazing. But, uh, I mean, it's it's very sudden. Like, the two of you, you've not been together. Uh, for, you've only been together, like, a month. This is all, like, what, what's going on? And uh, Chris just said, well, I guess when you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and i was not there when that happened and i've never wanted to be in a comic moment <laughs> to, uh, more in my life to just uh, that i ever tell it just like his face cycling through about 17 different emotions in the space of two seconds uh, as he tried to ascertain exactly how much trouble he was in
0: <laughs> oh no it's it is a lovely I'm, i remember my first like it wasn't even really my first date with Katie it was when I she came to London and I said uh, let's meet up and uh talk about you the comedy scene and stuff I'll take you out for dinner and stuff I was it you know it was a date in my mind but it wasn't in her mind uh and I kind of had to stop myself saying I'm pretty sure we're gonna get married and have kids I didn't say it so don't say it on the first date but I I, felt, <laughs> I, I absolutely felt it on the first day I thought we we're gonna have two kids mm. boy and a girl Ooh.
2: <laughs> see the future um so what? Oh a... Wait, I, I did on. want to ask uh, yeah. the Richard because I remember the show that you did sort of quite early in your relationship uh, with Katie, where you talked about the Ferrero Rocher doubling oh, yes. and yeah. uh, everything. So how many? This this podcast I believe is going out two days after Valentine's That's Day. That's true. So do you know how many Ferrero Rocher? Uh, we've s- we did
0: agree to Someone two to the ten. That it the the is. Ten, uh... Well, no, because it's more, because it's four, it's probably the 15th Valentine's Day, I think, if we were to get the four years before we got married. So it's two to the 15, two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 100, uh, 28. 50, 28, 256, 256 512, 2,000, 4,000. You know, it's, it's not that many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that might, but it might have been where it might have been twenty. It was twenty in twenty in the routine. I kind of worked out. You know, I, I, I mentioned the numbers, so I should know the numbers of twenty twenty. And thinking about twenty thirty, when it's in millions, <laughs> we stopped doing it because it. You know, she actually doesn't like for a that much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it turns out.
0: <laughs> I think we did it dubbed to about. I think I got a two hundred and fifty six. Ah. Um, I think oh, that was nice. I think that was the last time we did it, and then we said, "Should we just do like one from now on?" I and mean, went, "Yeah." And then I haven't done it at all for the last year. <laughs> but you know, it would be weird if I'd carried on, wouldn't it? If we would decide to bankrupt ourselves no. <laughs> for,
2: uh, for, for th- a joke. I think two fifty six is a really good amount, though, because that's enough for you can have a Ferrero Rocher every day of the year that you remember. Yeah. like oh, I can have a Ferrero Rocher because sometimes you'll forget. Yeah, like I feel as though probably I take 256 antidepressants a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, 109 south of the ideal, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> so you're travelling, you know. It's but really... she was meant to
0: keep all the frere Rocher to build a massive pyramid with, so she w- really they should all just be sitting in a cupboard somewhere slowly rotting. The early ones just desiccate. I mean, they're quite desiccated anyway. I don't like i rochers. <laughs> I'm quite, I was quite happy to buy a because I wouldn't really want to eat them myself either. Like, if there was teasers, I'd have eaten them before she got them.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what, is, what have you got coming up after the tour, or during the tour even? Is there anything, apart from Relativity? Uh,
2: yes, well, Relativity, of yeah. course. Uh, I think that there's, there's a show called The Island, uh, which is going to be on Dave. Uh, oh, yes. Which I think will be during the tour uh, of uh, me, Sarah Pasco, Johnny Vegas, and Ninia Benjamin uh, sort of being in charge of our own little uh, islands and making them our, our fantasy worlds uh, to engage in so that mm-hmm. that'll be uh, a bit of fun and uh, after that i don't know every, everyone is yelling at me to r- write a book and you've written an intimidating number of them <laughs> that are on the table next to you so i think theoretically i'm supposed to do that over the course of the next six months yes. it seems very frightening so if you have any it's tips.
0: very hard are you going to write a, a, a biography or are you going to write a and no- is it a novel or a or- more it's personal. a sort of
2: combination memoir. uh memoir and history of uh immigration between Britain and India. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write that as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give that a go. Yeah, I've got yeah. I'm halfway through writing my book about balls. I'm quite yeah. bored of it, so I think I'll write a, that. I'll <laughs> write, that in, I'll write <laughs> half a book
2: about balls and then I'll it's go. Just, Richard started to, uh, started <laughs> insisting that the final letter of rehearslapper stands for Paki, and it's uh, <laughs> not sure that that's appropriate at all. Uh...
0: Well, no, you should write a book. You're a very clever. Uh, you, I like to call you a young man because it makes you feel good, doesn't it?
2: It feels very <laughs> nice. when you <laughs> call, yeah, yeah, You're yeah. young.
0: To, you're very young to me, uh, and uh, yeah, you, it's. It, I think writing books is the hardest. I'm enjoying writing the one I'm doing, but it still takes so long. You know, to write a book. And compared to, because stand-up shows, I, I find, re- I mean, certainly relatively, it's not easy, but it's, it comes together in a, such an organic way, especially mm. if you I do a lot of it on stage, I don't really sit down and write
2: much. Yeah, much. for sure.
0: And so it's, that's organic and it comes out of you, and, but writing a book is like properly hard work. Our, ne- our next week's guest, I'm sure we will talk about you know who writes novels which i think is uh, particularly difficult um, you know if you write about yourself you just have to remember what you did next <laughs> if you write a blog every day you can just copy the blog out that's my advice to you uh, look uh, it's great to have you on the show again and uh, um, hopefully get to catch uh, your show, uh, if, if not live, because I've got two children. Hopefully it'll be recorded and I can yeah. watch it in the future on um, one of the many streaming services that are available. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for the amazing Ahisha! Thank you. We'll be back next week. Hang around. You have been listening to... Rahulastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Ahir Shah. Thank you to Scantregard, who, of course, provide the music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I am indebted, of course, to Chris Evans. Not that one, or oh, that one. No, not the Daily Telegraph editor. No, not the MPs. The one from Wales, from com. He's great. I'm indebted to George, the incompetent sound man. He's actually very good, as you can hear from this crystal clear recording. Uh, thank you to everyone at the Phoenix in Cavendish Square for having us again. It's been a lovely, lovely time at this beautiful venue. Uh, do come and see us on tour and at Leicester Square and Leicester and everywhere. RichardHerring.com/gigs. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Go to GoFasterStripe.com/badges to become a monthly badger and help us make even more content for you. More podcasts, movies we're making now. Everything's happening. Don't worry.
1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Thanks again for listening to the podcast. richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. Go com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.